0: There's just so many things every single day where I'm thinking, oh, I can hear that hesitation in their voice, or I can tell they're dreading this meeting. Or you know maybe I can kind of tell maybe they don't have a full pipeline of donors, so it sounds a little like they're willing to settle for a smaller gift when this donor actually gives like much larger gifts to an organization down the street. So it's really funny how you've tuned my ears, you know, using my own self and my own business as an example, and to really translate that to fundraisers, because like you say, you've know, you got to stand and own, you've got to be confident, you've got to share what you need. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy
1: Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in, and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin, and I'm so glad to have you with me today as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads, and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you. And I've got a super special episode for you today. One of my favorite people ever is with me today. And I'm going to tell you all about her in just a minute. But quick reminder, leave a review on the show. You know, I've got this mission going of leaving a review And I'm doing a free workshop for everyone that leaves a review for the podcast here, an honest review, leave a review, send me a screenshot of your review, send it over to Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at CaptivateTheRoom.com, and you will then get access to the free training coaching call. It's actually a coaching call. I'm going to be working with people as your gift for leaving me a review. So make sure you do that. And that is ending very, very quickly. You need to do that today. You need to actually do that today if you're going to enter to be a part of the class. Now, this guest is a former student of mine. I knew her. I met her in a program that I'm in. We have the same mentor. We share a mentor and adored this woman. You know, there's some people you meet and you just like them from the start. You, you just, you feel like you've known them. You like them. Never really was on my radar that I would end up having the opportunity to work with this gal. So honored and delighted that I had that opportunity, but really, really top-notch person, top-notch in the work she does, and I've just enjoyed every single second that I've had the pleasure to spend with her. Now, she's in the nonprofit sector. She's an entrepreneur, runs her own business, and I don't want you to not listen to our chat today, our conversation today, if you're thinking, well, I'm not really in the nonprofit sector. I'm going to skip this one. No, 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 no. You really want to hear what she has to, just, to say because she's dropping so many fantastic nuggets about so many things around business and mindset and money. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Sherry Quam Taylor teaches nonprofit leaders how to pivot from a heavy dependence on program, government, and even gifts and into securing large investment level donations from individuals so they can Finally, fund their missions. The leaders she works with are experts in their field, but when it comes to individual donor fundraising, they've simply never been trained on how to do it. So it feels uncomfortable and frustrating. She helps them learn the exact steps to launch a mid and major level gift program that feels comfortable, involves less dread, and fully funds their mission for the long haul. She does this nationally through her private coaching and her 90-day Let's Grow fundraising accelerator. Sherry is, well, I've already oohed and awed. and you're going to hear me ooh and awe ah so much more, but she's truly a gift. She truly is living her purpose, and I'm absolutely delighted to have her with me today. I know you're going to love hearing from her Let's head on over to the show. Sherry, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Tracy. I'm glad to be with you today. Um, so, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And while I raved about you in the introduction, you guys are just going to have to settle down because I'm just going to be <laughs> oohing and aahing <laughs> over this la- over this lady the whole
0: time we're together. Oh, my goodness. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Yeah. How's everything? Everything is good, you know, despite the ups and downs of 2020. And there's, my goodness, been so many of them. It's been a good year for my business. Everybody on my end is happy and healthy. And so I I really can't complain. Yeah.
1: And I want to dive into a bunch of things about your business and about our work together. But I love that you started with that. And of course, we had a conversation before we started today about how as crazy as this year has been, it's been a great year for your business, and that's been the story for so many people that I
0: know and have worked with. So many, I think it's important. You know, you know, I'm on tons of podcasts and webinars and all sorts of things, but I've really felt that it's important to share the successes right now too of. You know, I work with nonprofits and it's important to be respectful of the difficult time it's been for many, but to also share there have been tremendous wins and just generous donors stepping up to the plate to help. And so I've really felt it's been even more important to share those happy stories and share those successes now more than ever.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I love that so much. Well, let's dive into your work. That's where I want to start. I want you to tell us what you do now, but I know that you didn't start there. So you decide if you want to start at the beginning of the story and tell us how you morphed into
0: what you do now or however you want to tell it. I always say, I kind of don't know how I ended up over here, but I'm here and I'm happy and it's been successful. So I'm on the eighth year of my own business and uh, having my best year here in 2020, which is exciting. But I have a so, so today I teach leaders of nonprofits how to make more money in essence, how to lead individual donors to an ask and to lead them to give their best gift to the organization. And so I didn't start here. I started my career in Corporate and I you know, worked there for many years and, and was project managing for big architecture uh, firm all over the, the globe, really. It was a super fun job. But as I was working and growing the kind of climbing the corporate ladder, loving every part of it, I started volunteering for a nonprofit. And here's where my my path got a little fuzzy because I was so passionate about the work. And a friend of mine had started an organization uh, here in the States that was supporting work over in India. And I've never been to India and uh, they were helping with, you know, anti-trafficking and, and orphan care and educating girls and all these really interesting things. And so I, in 2007, took a trip to India and my life really changed in many different ways. Uh, My career and, you know, my family, even I have, uh, my two children are adopted from India, you know, so everything literally changed in my life. But I came home from that uh, trip where we we were just doing some mission work, right? And I just felt like Wow, I really feel like I, my skill set, I had a lot to offer them, and so I became one of those crazy full-time volunteers for the organization. It was working, you know, nights and weekends, and really helping them get going. And long story short is, uh, they kind of wore me down, and I, I joined the organization about three years later as their first stateside staff person outside of the founder. And um you know at first Tracy I felt like oh my gosh I'm in this totally different career I mean total departure I felt like gosh that's kind of a a strike against me right like I didn't know I had no network I had no people I kind of just was trying to learn as I as I went along but I quickly realized having that fresh mindset and having really no conceptions of of what the, what nonprofit was and not really adapting a lot of those misconceptions that are in nonprofit, that uh, beginner's mindset was a total gift, and we grew the organization tremendously. we tripled the revenue in eighteen months. Whoa, I know it was a crazy crazy ride. but everything just kind of clicked for me, and I'm, I'm kind of one of those people who Like I, I'm kind of half left and half right-brained and, you know, okay, there's the vision. There's where you want to go. Here's all the steps we need to take. And um, this pivot in my career really lit on fire of that entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. And I started talking to, after a few years of working for them and growing it, I started talking to a lot of other executive directors or people leading nonprofits who were coming to us and really having the same challenges that we had just gone through and we had, kind of jumped over that hurdle. And I quickly realized that I really had a unique perspective or a unique methodology in approaching the growth of an organization. And so I started my own business after that, you know, eight years ago to really do just that, come alongside other amazing people who are running nonprofits, who oftentimes also left a different career, or perhaps they're a subject matter expert. They're a I always say they're a teacher, lawyer, doctor, pastor, social worker who said, oh my gosh, I have to do something about this. And they started a nonprofit and they're awesome rock stars at their mission and their programs. But fundraising is another story and they don't really like it. And it's a bit of a mystery because they've simply never had to do it before. So that's what my business does. Uh, I really coach people who are you know, doing amazing global mission work, but need more funding and don't totally know the path and process to doing that.
1: So good. And a couple of things came into my mind. One, it's, I, I love that you talked about how you, you were in corporate. This was never really on your radar. And, you know, my story is so similar. I was not how how in the world was I going to be a voice coach? I mean, that was just the craziest thing I, I could ever even fathom, but it was so clearly my purpose. And after knowing you, it was probably so clearly your purpose.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's funny looking back now, I think it's funny that I did struggle with a little bit. I felt like a little bit of an imposter, like, oh, I don't have a degree in nonprofit. Yeah. Or, Who do I think I am? But over the years, I mean, you know, to be honest, like my clients are having great results. They're growing, they're scaling, my business is growing. The proof was kind of in the pudding and that, that of course, grew my confidence. But yeah, I felt like, you know, even in our conversations, like there are these little mindset things that do seep in to think, oh, I'm sure there's somebody else who could, you know, do this better or has a full background in this. But it's been amazing for me to really see the the transferable skills that really were pretty seamless. And then just, I'm, I'm such a data, look at the numbers, track everything, and really being results-oriented and, and really driven in that way and tweaking my program to kind of, you know, to match that. That kind of approach has really been a huge part of the growth of my business and, and me really feeling super confident that my clients are going to get results, and they do. Mm-hmm. and And really, even in 2020... Getting the best results yet, and so like it's it's kind of been a, a really interesting year for me on many many levels. Yeah.
1: What do you think? And I and I want to go somewhere with this, and I'm trying to decide in this very second: do I set it up ahead of time, or do I say what I want to say after? But mm-hmm. I want to talk about challenges or the greatest challenge. Your people you you help your people with but i can't help but thinking in my mind you know a lot of times people don't realize how much they might need my work mm. and i wonder if that's the same on some level with what you do for people they don't realize just how much of a game changer you can be for them and is that one of the challenges or what is the greatest challenge you see Nonprofits struggle with right now.
0: Yeah, and I really hope that you know. If you see me on LinkedIn, I know you're we're we're friends on LinkedIn. But you know, I'm on my soapbox on LinkedIn about this often. I think in nonprofit, what I really push against, and I think a lot of nonprofit leaders struggle with, and kind of at no fault of their own, is there's just really a lot of misconceptions on how you should be doing things or how you should be spending the money or oh, don't do that too much. You know, you're. You're a mission. You're not a business. All of, these, all of these kind of things that honestly are keeping organizations from growing. And, you know, sometimes we buy into those misconceptions and maybe the board member has an idea because, um, you know, we, we shouldn't, you know, like I'll give you an example, Tracy. Mm-hmm. One thing that I hear tons of, especially before 2020, there's this misconception in the sector that we shouldn't have too much money in the bank. You know, a lot of foundations even don't fund nonprofits if they have, for example, maybe more than four months of money in the bank. Now, interesting. I don't agree with that at all, because to me, you're running a business. The business just happens to be changing lives. So like, you know, raise your hand if you're an organization who only needed four months in the bank in 2020. right? Organizations have needed a year and nine months in the bank, so those are the types of things that that just doesn't make sense when you're trying to run a great business and and you needed you needed cash in the bank you needed um, money to reinvent your programs or serve more people or you know do all of these that keep your staff that you know is so valuable to you and so a lot of times I find that organizations are struggling to grow because there's all these rules when that's that kind of, uh, I mentioned early on, like kind of beginner's mindset where I was like, well, that's a silly rule. Let's not do that. Let's go do this. And it really, sometimes nonprofit leaders almost need a little like pass to say like, well, you don't need to do that. You can have nine months of money in the bank. You can have a year in the bank. And actually it might be really wise for you to do that. And as long as you can explain to a donor why you have it and how it's going to make your organization sustainable and how it's going to help it grow in the long run, sit at the table and own it. Be strong. Tell them why you have it in the bank. And so that's just an example. But, you know, people struggle with that kind of stuff. I think, you know, many people in nonprofit, you know, have kind of found themselves in nonprofit as well and and really feel like I hate fundraising or I don't mm. like to ask for mm-hmm. money. And I really find that it's it's less of that and it's more what they're really more likely saying is this process is a bit of a mystery and I'm not totally sure if I'm doing it right. Mm. And so oftentimes the fear, what they're trying to get over is, you know, can this girl help me get over that hurdle? Can she really get me comfortable with the selling part when maybe they've never had to sell a day in their life? But that's a huge part of, of running an organization, of course.
1: So good. And, you know, it made me think about we're such creatures of habit. Right. And I think in so many realms, well, why did you do it that way? Because we've always done it that way. It's kind of this mindset, but people get flipped out over money. I would say even in my work, and I know we've had conversations about it, but anything around money is going to change vocally. But you see mindset things around money Daily, I mean, that's kind of the core of your work, helping Daily. people get past that and see a different way and make
0: more money. Right. Right. I mean, and I think like it's been so fun to be in your course. And of course, I took it to help myself and my business. And we can talk about that. But there's just so many things every single day where I'm thinking, oh, I can hear that hesitation in their voice. You know, mm. you've helped me. You've helped me listen. Yeah. To them, right. Or I can tell they're dreading this meeting. Or, you know, maybe I can kind of tell maybe they don't have a full pipeline of donors. So it sounds a little like they're willing to settle for a smaller gift when this donor actually oh. gives like much larger gifts to an organization down the street. So it's really funny how you've tuned my ears, yeah. uh, you know, using my own self and my own business as an example, and um, to really translate that to fundraisers, because like you say, you know you've got to Stand and own. You've got to be mm-hmm. confident. You've got to share what you need. You've got to enter strong. And that doesn't look like being a pushy salesman. You know? Right. Look like one of my clients calls it a stick up. I don't want to do a stick up. <laughs> <It's> like, <gasps> I, I don't love the gun element of that, but like, right, right. Oh, uh, that's so good. Like it's I don't make so good. Up. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? What if it actually could be really warm and wonderful and what if that donor wants to give to you and you're the one who's actually in the way of them giving to the mission yeah so there's all these hang-ups and um yeah so it's, it's not only has you know working with you and you know all the tremendous ways that you've impacted my business but it's also I think kind of filtering down into my clients too as I'm really challenging them on coming to the table strong and, you know, own it. If you have a year's worth of money in the bank, well then sit down and tell them why you do. Because my guess is it is a pretty good business decision. And if 2020 has proved anything, it it proved that that was a good business decision. Yeah.
1: Gosh, I am so glad to hear that because that is what I want my next course to be. I want to see your proof of what I want to prove (laughs) that you can literally hear where people are going. Yes. You know, you can hear that hesitation and that causes you to make a different decision. Not necessarily that you adjust to do what they want to do because that's not what we do, but you hear that hesitation and you can jump in and say, "Mm -mm, you're not coming out of the gate strong. Right. And so that hearing differently is not only benefited you, but-
0: it's benefited your business and the people you work with. Right. You know, and it's the funny thing is, you know, I reached out to you because a dear colleague of mine, who I trust her opinion, we're in totally different industries. She knows I do tons of webinars. She sat in on my webinars and podcasts, but she said, she's like, I'm going to give you some constructive criticism here. Um, I think you need to work on your presentation skills. Like I hear a lot of ums. I hear a lot of, you know, she's like, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like it's the Sherry we, you know, that I know and love. And I thought, okay, that hurts a little because I, mm-hmm. I am I am getting quite a bit of work from my speaking engagements. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I'm that bad. But so, you know, I contacted you and certainly went in on that premise. But what you helped me see is that it wasn't like, oh, just let's just remove the ums or let's just be more confident. You really helped me see what it was rooted in. I had no idea I'd be doing the amount of mindset work with you that I needed. I had no idea I needed it so much, but just to hear and watch you pull things out of my voice that I I, I guess in hindsight I knew they were there. But for you to hear that in my delivery, to hear like what what are you thinking about right now? Or mm-hmm. you know, why are you why are you kind of why did your voice change right there? I mean, so interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea that my voice could be such a tool, but also just how everything is just coming through your voice and without me even really realizing it.
1: Yeah, and that's the, that's the, that's the kryptonite right there, mm-hmm. is that, and you were always good. Oh. You know, I get people. I was okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you're always good. And, and I love it when I get people and I, I really have to go, okay, how can I make, and this is everybody really, you know, how can I make her better? Mm. Because people aren't bad. There is no bad in voice land, yeah. you know, but you came with a strong foundation and then we just took you up a few more notches and made you even better. But I'll never forget one time, you said, "Oh, I thought I'd already figured all that out. I I'd already worked through all that." <laughs> are like, you telling? What are you saying to me? <laughs> I was like, "Wait,
0: I I did a mindset class last year.
1: Right.
0: Why are you dragging me through this again?" Right. Oh my gosh, you were so frustrated, <laughs> right? I was, I you know, and even you know, I felt a little stuck in the middle, like, "Oh, I can yeah. open up all this again." But right, you know, every like every conversation was worth it, and to really like face it. Head on, and still today, I'm in my office. I've got my my Tracyisms up on the wall. (laughs) Uh, One says like, "Have fun," and you know, you know, BJ have, and all these great things that I really was struggling with, and it was coming out through my voice. Yeah, and you know, and today, you know, over sixty percent of my revenue in 2020 is really comes from my speaking engagements, and so it is a really important avenue for people to find me and for people to kind of start on that trust journey with me mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the difference is and thank you for saying I was always okay at it uh, I didn't but, say you were always okay uh, was, at it. <laughs> I was doing okay well doing uh, great great okay I'll say great um but the difference is that after working together it flipped because people would respond to me afterwards or reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, oh my gosh, did you say that just for me? Or I totally could, I, mean, I want One even say, like I can totally feel like that I could actually maybe do this. So there was this whole element of you made me feel a different way or that was remarkable, you know, I'm blushing again, but like those totally dialed up and I really do feel like this is, just the beginning of my business because of it, because my sales cycle is pretty long. Yeah, um, I mean, I even talked to somebody this morning and my first meeting was in February and here it's oh, September. Oh, And I'm just now writing a proposal, which is fine, but they heard me first on a webinar and now I've mm-hmm. built trust. And mm-hmm. so it just takes a while. And so I really do look at these webinars and podcasts and speaking engagements or even my LinkedIn work as just a step on their journey to trusting me. And I I really have been so pleasantly like, surprised of how important my voice is as a tool to building that mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. And I also have to have the results and I do have those that my clients get. And, and so the balance of those two things has just really been so fun. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I love growing my business and it's really brought this whole different element of fun in growing my business.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I love them, of course, I loved working with you. I just, we met on LinkedIn and we're going to talk about LinkedIn and all uh, Sherry's gigs that she gets. I want to have her talk about that. But just, she's just the kind of person that you just adore from the minute you meet her. But one of the things, there were a couple of things about working with you. If I can brag on you again a, a little bit. I warned you all at the top of the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ooh and all a little bit. But you were the epitome of, take what I give you and embody it. Mm-hmm. You did the work. You did the work. And what I saw, and I loved watching the transformation. And I, you guys know, I believe in this stuff. I'd lay down and die for this stuff mm-hmm. that I teach. Right. But I really saw you get control of the conversation. And when you do that, it is fun. And when you do that, the outcome is yours. And that's to me, what the big arc was for you. Mm. Sure. There's more confidence. Sure. There's more captivating. Sure. There's another level of connection, but she came to me good. Right. It's, it's not like she couldn't, I I wish I could be on a webinar. No, she came good. And we, we, it's always about finding that next
0: level, which is sometimes so subtle. Right. Well, and you know, this is, a, I guess, a good part and a bad part of me that, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm sure it's going to be your top student. Like, I'm going to get an A plus in the class. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes people can hear that in my voice when I'm like, "Let's go!" Let's know, which is not such a good thing all the time. But yeah, I really felt like. I mean, I knew this was an integral part of my business. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I was like, if I'm gonna invest in this and and I also had deep confidence in you. I mean, you made the process so smooth and and really effortless. And I just trusted you because mm-hmm. I, I could tell you were gonna get me results. in this and frankly, I started seeing results really quickly. So yeah. Um it really, if I can honestly say it was really fun. It might not have felt fun in the middle yeah. when I was like, <laughs> Oh my good. goodness, she must have talked about my childhood. But <laughs> it really was fun i mean i really tell everybody in every opportunity i get like i took this voice class but like it's it's not like a voice class you would think it's this and it, it really because i like to i think one one thing you said to me was like I would kind of like maybe get a little too, prof- um, not too professional, but too uh, rigid, I should say. Mm. And you challenged me a lot on like, "Where's Sherry? Like, where's fun Sherry? Where's I'm Sherry? No, where's <laughs> uh, that person?" And and sometimes that would go away when I am, you know, kind of a, a jovial person and oh. like sarcastic and you know have a loud laugh and all those things. To really remember that it's okay to to show me. Um, and that actually is a real trust building element that's really important, you know, in, in in my business. This last weekend, my two daughters and husband and I, we went just over maybe five minutes away and we were playing some tennis and, uh, you know, of out, course outside of, of work. It was a long weekend. And I noticed these two guys playing tennis like a court over. And they were really good. And we were, you know, like our balls are flying in their court. Like, you know, we're being silly. You know, I'm upset with someone or I'm being, I just being crazy. My point of telling you this is one of the guys started walking over to the court and he said, Exc- excuse me, are you, are you Sherry? And I was like, yeah. And as he got closer, I thought, oh my goodness, that's, that's my, a person who works for the company that, I, or a, a client of mine, but he, he, he wasn't a direct person I had access to. Um, He's in IT where I was helping with fundraising, but I'm saying this because he said, I couldn't tell if it was you probably because I was in, you know, workout clothes and playing tennis, but he said, I heard your laugh and I knew it was you. Oh yeah. And I felt like that was, I felt like, okay, good. I'm showing who I am when I am in my client's office. Awesome. And he knew me from my laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I actually kind of thought back to you of like, good. I am really showing who I am and that mm-hmm. it is a fun process to work with me, yeah. you know, and I'm going to roll up my sleeves and, and do my best and give you who I am. You yeah. Know? So I was actually really like, it kind of stopped me in my tracks when he, when he said that. I'm
1: um, so glad to hear that. And that's, you know, that's one of the biggest issues is, well, I've got to be a professional and I can't dare let them know that I snort laugh and, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever it is, you know, you don't snort laugh, but I always use that example but I always go to the place of what makes you think they don't ever feel frustrated. They don't ever laugh. They don't ever, you know, so now we're relating on a whole different level beyond words. And you said it, you said, I know I'm making them feel something now. Mm. And that's it. That's it. I mean, that's where we started, you know, in our first call, you, you said you made me, I felt like I had to work with you. Right. It's all about creating that feeling. Right. Now you and I met on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. same, same working under the same mentor, I believe. Yeah, I think were. So. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you are very active on LinkedIn. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Sure. And then I want to talk about, you are extremely successful at landing gigs on webinars and podcast interviews and very good at them. I know that you are, And that's been very, very helpful for your business. And I have a lot of people that that is what they're trying to do. That's why they're listening to me. They have a desire to do that. So let's just talk about LinkedIn first. And then I want you to talk about how you get these gigs, what you do in these gigs. Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure,
0: sure. So our shared mentor, Leah, she said something to me two years ago that changed me. And what she said to me was, Sherry... I guess I was telling her I wanted to grow my business and I'd had some level of success, but I wanted to level up. And she said to me, your clients are not hiding from you. You are hiding from your clients. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Good. well, I guess, she, I guess she's right. <laughs> right. Darn it. Right, yeah. <laughs> honey, she's right. I was like, I don't know what makes you think that I don't do any webinars or podcasts or social media or like, you know, I don't have a mail list, like all these crazy things. Cause I thought, my whole business is referral. I don't know if I need that. It's been, not making what I wanted to make, but she was right. And so I set out to, I don't know if I set out, but I, I just decided that I really do have something to share. I have a unique solution. I really do believe that I am different from a lot of other consultants in my space and my clients were getting awesome results. You know, if I can't stand out in front and share the great work that my clients are doing and the great results they are getting, then I, you know, shouldn't be in business for myself. So I just, I, I just one day after working with her said, this is it. I am starting to put my voice out there and push through that risk and consistently share my thoughts and share my opinions and share what I've, share my struggles and share what I've seen work. And so... I decided to use LinkedIn as that platform, and it's been tremendous. It's another one of those things that I just thought, LinkedIn, I don't know, are nonprofits on LinkedIn? Like, Let's start there, right? Mm-hmm. It's really been remarkable for my business, and it really comes down to consistency. Mm-hmm. And so you will see me on there, I don't know, four times a week posting during the week, um, but I, I use it as one of the tools in my toolbox. I use the content on LinkedIn as a, of course, as a pipeline funnel for for having people find me, mm. but I also use it to promote my webinars, promote my podcasts, talk about kind of my theme for the month that I'm talking about, or I create a lot of playbooks for people of how do you increase your event revenue or how do you, you know, get your board fundraising And so I I use all the content every month on LinkedIn as the root content for a lot of my communication pieces. And so LinkedIn is the slow and steady play, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been steadily doing it for probably 18 months, you know, and I mean, yesterday I had a discovery call specifically from somebody who found me on LinkedIn. And so it's really been a tremendous part of my marketing strategy because it is, truly that know, like, and trust factor. And not that people, it's amazing. People will say, uh, I've been following you for about a year on LinkedIn. And I'm like, oh, really? Because you haven't liked a thing or I haven't, you know, like there's no commenting. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that you're seeing my posts, mm-hmm. but but they are. And so yeah, LinkedIn has been great. But to answer your other question on the podcast and webinar, this is again, part of that, like, you just need to stop hiding. I created a whole hit list, if you will, of organizations who allow people to come on or, you know, companies, maybe like the donor management software companies or accountants who specifically uh, do work for nonprofits, people who, you know, we don't compete, but we're certainly, we have the same mm-hmm. clientele. And I've just made it my mission to, and I have worked it into my schedule. I'm a very disciplined person. This is why this works. I reach out to probably eight different groups every month. Hmm. So I'm reaching out, I'm telling them who I am, what I do, what I think their audience might like. And then I consistently follow up with them. And it is really, I mean, I have probably, I was trying to keep track. I've probably done 60 webinars and podcasts that I've been guests on this year. This year? This year. Uh, Maybe last year, I don't know, maybe I did like 20. That's incredible. Uh, it is, but it's you know when it when that is resulting yeah in a tremendous oh, yeah. part of my work or uh, excuse me amount of my my overall revenue, um, and then the other strategy, Tracy, like I uh, you know I was virtual. I was do I had a vir- virtual business before twenty twenty, mm-hmm. so that's you know <laughs> I was cool before uh, everybody had to do it, I guess. But I really also wanted to make a conscious effort of. I guess, going national, right? Serving a broader, Mm -hmm. um, a a, a wide breadth of clients all over the country. And I was doing some of that, but I also really have used LinkedIn connections, podcasts, webinars. I've been very strategic on trying to get in front of national audiences that has really grown my business, um, my virtual business now, you know, to many different states. And that just, that's really helped just more people know about me and it's changed my business. So I just use it all together. But the number one thing I would say to people is consistency.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a legend.
0: (laughs) That is the funniest thing you've said. I don't know about that, but I, I enjoy what I do. I'll say it that way. I really enjoy what I do. And I think, I really hope that comes through. Yeah. Um, So, but well, funny. (laughs)
1: that's, but, but that's, but it goes back to that, how you make people feel, how you make people feel. And I love that you put yourself out there the way that you do. And I've got two questions on that. And the first one is, what would you tell my listeners who I know so many, that is what, that is why they're listening to me because they want to have a podcast they want to be a guest on podcast. They want to do webinars. And all everything you said is really, really great. But let's talk about for just a minute. And you don't have to go, you know, you do I just want to get what you would say to them
0: mm-hmm.
1: that are afraid and coming up with every single solitary reason why. Well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that when. Well, you know, I'm gonna do that next year. You just ripped the Band-Aid off and went because you were doing this long before you met me.
0: Yeah, I just, um, you know, I would just say stop making excuses Mm. because the excuses are kind of rooted in, I did it too. I'm saying this with love because I did it. Right, right. But the excuses are rooted in our our fear or our imposter syndrome or our, you know, whatever. But you know more than you think you know. Mm -hmm. So just jump in. What's going to... If you record something and like, it really is a flub, they won't promote it. You know, it doesn't really matter. And so I would just say, get on the bike, just start doing it. I am shocked how much I enjoy speaking now Mm. because I got over the hurdle of, oh, I don't know if I'm a great speaker. I'm not a great writer. So I, I don't think I'd be great on LinkedIn. I actually really enjoy those two things now because I demystified the process And I, you know, I'm getting results and my business is seeing those results. So just start, just start, start small, be consistent, but don't make any more excuses. When I stopped making excuses of why I can't do it, Mm -hmm. that's when it's, you know, my business started growing. Well, and
1: I, I love what you said about the resistance and, and it, to me, what I heard in that was, I just stop, I just let go of the judgment. Mm. Because maybe they're not judging me. And if they are, oh, well,
0: it's not about me. Right, right. My other, Tracy is m- up on my board right now. It says <laughs> Your expertise is not in question. No, it's not. You know, like I'm an expert. I have something to share. Yeah. So I'm going to go on a webinar and share it. They're not questioning me. It's no. Just, just share it.
1: No. And there's so much about this work, as I know you know, that is, that's why it's called psychology of the voice. Yes. Because it is the drivers that are the problem. And for so many people they're running stories that well I surely couldn't be an expert because I've not done this 30 years you know and it's like can you get a result for somebody right can you change their life doesn't matter if you've done it 30 years right imagine how you how much of an expert you're going to be in 30 years if you're an expert right now yeah you know 30 minutes in right so we've got all these stories that we tell ourselves that absolutely 100% limit what we can do vocally day in and day out. But there's something else you do that I love. It's very much something that I do, which is maybe why I love it. You invest in yourself. Mm. You're like me. I've always got a a passel of coaches and I'm always looking for who's going to be next. What do I need to learn next? What do I need to research next? What do I need to do next? And you're
0: not afraid to do that either. Yeah. You know, the first time I did it, I mean, was it scary? Absolutely. You know, I'd I'd grown my business for, I don't know, five years and it was slowly scaling. And I think I'd started with a little bit of a mindset coach actually. Now I'm thinking back to Uh it, but once I did it once and I realized, oh my goodness, I actually, there are other areas that I really need to work on to make me a better Uh business leader to help me learn how to scale my business. You know, I was doing pretty well, but, but I needed to level up. And so it honestly, Tracy was, was good for me to feel that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to put this on the credit card that feels scary because that's how my clients feel when, you know, I'm like, I am asking them to push through that same fear where you're running a nonprofit, you're, you know, oftentimes not taking a full salary because you're still scaling it and all the money's going to the mission, but you need infrastructure and I'm asking you to take a risk on me. So that was, it was a really good exercise for me to take my own, you know, swallow my own pill. Um, But once I started investing in different coaches and, you know, our shared mentors really helped me understand the level of pipeline I need. What does that look like? You know, how do I make sure that I have, I've, you know, full pipeline so that I can hit the numbers I want to hit investing in you a game changer, right? Like you're helping my mindset shift to where my prices have changed, you know? So I will continue to do that because I've seen that when I spend money on my business, I make more money. Yeah, Same philosophy. I tell my nonprofit clients, like, well, you have to invest in the infrastructure of your nonprofit organization So that then you can make more money and then that money goes back into the programs and mission that you know and love. And, you know, this is why you got into this, but it's the same exact thing. And for me to see that on my own business and and say, okay, it works over here too, really has been a game changer. Yeah. I love that. And I love that spin on
1: it. And, And I don't know if spin is the right word, but I love what you said about it was so good to experience what you're asking them to experience. I've never thought about it that way, but that's yeah. really great. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's been, and, and I sometimes will share, you know, it's not a one-to-one I'm running, I'm not running a nonprofit, but I will share like, hey, I understand it's scary to invest in a coach sometimes, mm-hmm. or am I gonna, you know, quote unquote, make my money back, which is what I get asked a lot. And the thing is, I think what I've also realized is, Like I'm going to hire an amazing professional like yourself, who is an expert at this topic or subject, but I have to do the work. I have to be the one to take it and change and, and pull the things from it that are really going to benefit me and really make what you've taught me a habit in my day-to-day life and business and everything. It's really, if you do the work, it works. And so that's, it's true in, in your course, it's true in, you know, many others I've taken it's the same with when I'm talking about fundraising, you know, if, right. if I always tell people I'm not your, your solution. If you're looking for that kind of secret sauce or that quick little quick fix, you know, that one little tweak, fundraising is hard work. It's really yeah. making sure you have the systems and processes in place that lead to those donors giving you six figure gifts. And um, it's really the long play, but you got to do the work to get the results. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm going to ask you just a couple more questions and then I know I have to let you go. I could sit here and talk to you all day, but I know that you've got a a business to run, but you know, something that's come up a lot today is fear. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking about, as we're talking about money and investing in, in yourself, I'm thinking about fear and and so much fear around money and that is the work that you do and what are your thoughts or what can you share with us about getting past that fear around and, and in relation to your people you work with in re- in general there's so much fear around money and i talk about it all the time how that does come out in your voice right if you're not aware of it How do you help people get past, you know, what are your one or two or
0: nuggets to get people get, get over the fear? Right. You know, in nonprofit, a lot of people feel like, well, I'm asking this person for Mm $20,000. And it feels like I'm asking them to give to me because the organization pays my salary. And it all of a sudden feels like, oh, I have to go to everybody and ask them to give to me a big mindset shift that I will have to walk a lot of people through is that you're actually offering an amazing opportunity for this donor to give $20,000 to the mission of your organization and your organization. You are actually, you're just the stewards of that money to make sure that it's spent correctly. And so that's oftentimes a starting spot for, for me to work on that the money goes to the mission and the impact and the results, but you and your organization are really just the vehicle as to which the money gets to the mission. And so when we're asking for the money, we're feeling like, oh, I'm asking them to give to me. Well, of course, the donor's going to feel that. But if you're really passionate about your mission, and you really believe your programs are impacting people's lives and you're getting results. And you really deeply understand the financial need the organization has there's no reason you shouldn't sit at the table confident and share that with them because you're really offering an amazing opportunity for their donation to be invested in a great way. That's great.
1: That is so great. And what I heard in that is it's not about you.
0: It's not about you.
1: And that is so valuable. Yeah, it's almost like you got to get out of the way. You got to get out of the way. You got to get your ego out of the way. You got to stop taking it personal. It's about the mission. Ooh, that is really good. That is really That's a valuable. big one. That's a big yeah. one. I would imagine that's a huge part of your work is the reframe, the mental reframe.
0: In, in so many different ways. I mean, even as you're approaching your annual planning, right, can we plan to do things we don't know that we have the money for?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, because how else are you going to grow if you aren't you know, adding that site or adding those hundred children and put it in the budget, put it in the plan and then let's create a, a plan to bring in that money, right? And so there's a lot of, often in a lot of my coaching, I'm kind of doing this pivot with my body where we're, everything is very reactive and in, in in many, many cases in nonprofit of you know, what we can only do as much as like giving allows versus here's what we need. So let's put a plan in place and really be reactive about it or excuse me, proactive about uh-huh, it and put uh-huh. that plan in place to bring it in. And if you think of which one of those does a donor want to give to? Do they want to give to the the person who's like, well, we'd like to do that and we'd hope to do that. And you know, if we had the money, we'd do that. Do I want to give my twenty thousand to that person, or do I want to give it to the person who says, I'm so glad you asked me about that. We have a one million dollar need this year. And here's what it looks like. And here's what we're going to accomplish. Like which one of those? is the sure investment or is the, is the, is going to feel the don't make the donor feel like, Hey, they're going to use my money really well. And so it really is all about that, that shift into, here's what we're going to do with your money versus, well, if we had it, we might do this, or we'd like to do this.
1: I am going to cut that section out and I'm going to replay it
0: all day long because (laughs) it is so, so good. It's just it's just really at a different levels. I mean, different yeah. you know leaders struggle with it in different ways. And but I think the commonality and and frankly, what's best about my job is helping someone see like you are doing great work. You're amazing. Like lives are being changed. Don't sell your organization short because you're mm-hmm. uncomfortable with the money situation because you're leaving money on the table.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And I bet it's all over their voices. You know, I mean, I know you would hear way more than I, but um but it it is funny how I, I now like I have a tiny bit of a tracy ear. Yeah, I love I that. Hear that. Um I can hear like, well, that donor, the donor knows you're not com- you, you really aren't yeah. confident in what you how you would use their gifts. So guess what? We need yeah. to figure that out. Yeah. Know what you would do next year if they give you a a two year commitment. What would yeah. you do? Figure it out. Yeah. It seems like it's a big mystery and a process to get to larger donors. People are always, how do I find them? It's really way more about attracting them. Mm. A lot of that is coming through your voice, attracting investment-level donors, kind of those stakeholder-level donors who say, like, ooh, I'm hearing something different from that person. They're going to use my money well. They're that, you know, is really going to feed my reason for giving. Um, it's, it's, I'm a strong believer that it's way more about how you're attracting larger donors. And a lot of that is your voice or your written content as well.
1: Well, and your mindset, which is the psychology of the voice. If you're believing, well, they're never going to invest, right. You you know, they're, that's coming out vocally. And it goes back to that little section that I just love so much. Where do you want to give your money to? Right. You want to give you money to the guy that's like, well, you know, I know it's not going to work out anyway,
0: so it's really not a big... That is hurting you, people. It's hurting you. And my whole methodology, I tell everybody this. I'm always like, hey, on every webinar, I'm like, if you're writing anything down, this is what you write down. So your job is to lead every donor to give their best gift to you. And so if that's somebody giving $25 a month and that's their best gift, great, wonderful, let's serve them. But if the donor is giving you $1,000 and they're writing $50,000 checks down the road, we have some work to do. But you actually have way more control of the size of the gift and the timing of the gift than you think. But we've got to be confident in leading the donor to a deep understanding, serving them, serving their mission for giving, and bringing them to the point to ask them for what you need. And so in that whole path and journey, which sometimes takes six months, 12 months, 18 months, it really does come down to mindset and then discipline of process, you know, reporting back on that in really a very confident manner. And you're, you're right. It all goes back to mindset.
1: And all of that is happening in the now. What I hear you, what I hear you saying right there, that's not happening in the outcome. That's happening in the now.
0: So good, so good. That 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 concept has been a huge shift for me to not. You know, I'm such a planner, Tracy. I'm I know <laughs> I probably drove you nuts. What do you mean you want a syllabus? <laughs> Go
1: with the flow here, baby.
0: Oh my goodness! I think one day when you were like, you need to stop like opening up your spreadsheets and like, planning out. You're planning out way too many years ahead. I was like, oh, really? Really? Because I love these spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but it is really is just stay in the now and serve that, you know, my case yeah. is serve that donor in the now. What do they need right now to get them to the next step? Like, yeah. don't think about the $50,000 check they might write next year. What do you need to do right now? That's a huge, that's a good, good reminder. Yeah.
1: Well, what do you need to do right now to make them feel that they need to give you that 50000 because you can't control that outcome anyway. Right, right. Period. I know you all still want to believe in that illusion out there, but that's not, you need, you're going to have to let it go at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say like what, what questions have to be answered right now for them just to go to the next step. Yeah. Be a great listener. What is the, what, why are they asking that question? Mm -hmm. Let's get Mm -hmm. to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's solve that. And because if there are outstanding questions, you're never going to get the donor's best gift. You're going to get that kind of toss away gift. Yeah. And we want to serve, create amazing donor experiences that really lead them to that, that best gift, because that's the only way you're going to fulfill your mission and fully fund your organization and, um, you know, solve the, the big global problem or, you know, small regional problem that, that, that you're facing. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I don't know how many listeners, I don't know how many of you out there are in this realm. But I do know that if you want to change your game, this is the gal that can change your game. And we're going to make sure, where can can people find you? Thank you, you, The
0: website? Website, yeah, quamtaylor.com. My name is Sherry Quam Taylor, so it's my maiden and my married name mushed together. Q-U-A-M-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. Or LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. And I'm going to put those links in the show notes.
1: Great. I'll put the, Thanks, link, the LinkedIn link and the website link, but I got to tell you, you
0: sound really captivating. Thank you. It's all you. It's all you. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Well, I love the work that you do and I miss seeing you on the weekly basis. So it's so great to have you here with us today. And thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. And, and for real, the, those of you that are in this realm or know people in this realm, Sherry gets results. She really knows her stuff. And if there ever was any imposter syndrome, I hope that you've gotten past it because you really
0: are a gift to the world. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm thankful for your patience with me and uh, just how you've led me, you know, just to a greater understanding of what my voice can do. It's, it's really been a remarkable process.
1: Yeah. Well, you were an amazing student. All right, people, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I got to let Sherry go. She's got a big business to run. But thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today. It's really been great. My pleasure. And thank you, listeners. I appreciate you so much. But that's it for today. And until I see you next time, you know what to do get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at captivatetheroom.com and be sure to grab the Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.